The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and know their numbers? Is your money out of control or needing some finessing? In this second season of Finesse Your Money, we're focusing on growth for businesses and personal and practical steps that you can take to grow. We explore what inspires our inspirational guests and the importance of giving back. We've also got some excellent tips from our guests about their planning process and who they rely on to keep their money under control and set themselves up for a bright, happy future. Get ready to be inspired. I'm Janine Wilson, the host of Finesse Your Money. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, many more years. I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. If you've ever felt that sickening feeling that wakes you in the middle of the night because you seem to be going round and round in circles with money, then you're going to love today's guest, Anthea Faulkner. Anthea is the owner of Bright Spenders, a company that works with small businesses owned primarily by women to help them take control of their finances, cash flow, and know with confidence they can always pay their business and personal bills and save faster for the good stuff in life. Bright Spenders has a unique system that allows their clients to pay off debts and save faster for whatever it is that excites them in life. Anthea and her team have helped hundreds of small business owners and executives take control of their personal finances, and she says they've helped their clients save a combined $1.5 million in the last few years alone. You may have seen articles featuring Anthea in Money Magazine, and she's also appeared on Channel 7's Weekly Sunrise. Welcome, Anthea. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So I always sort of think that when I'm meeting clients for financial planning advice that I often see that there's a gap between people having those fundamentals right, really knowing where they're spending their money, understanding their cash flow and numbers. So I'm really interested to find out more about that today. Obviously, you're the founder and driving force behind Bright Spenders program. Can you tell us more about it? God, where do I start? I think essentially it's a cash flow budgeting program but really it's a whole lot more than that and maybe if I just kind of backtrack a little bit and explain why I started doing this work that will explain perhaps the difference in what I do compared to a regular kind of budgeting program so most people are familiar with either excel spreadsheets or you know tracking their expenses in some way and maybe you know, once a month doing up a budget for the month or the year trying to stick to it. So we we had a very personal experience with going around in circles with money. I would say um, up until probably about 12 years ago, we were both self-employed, hence my passion particularly to work with self-employed people because I think self-employed people really struggle with that unpredictable cash flow not really knowing what they're going to make, make the next month and then, you know, trying to work out a budget based on that. So we were both self-employed and 
I just had always thought, how do you budget an unpredictable income? It's just impossible. So we were largely winging our finances. You know, we would just pay for stuff when we had money. And then when we didn't, we would just kind of cross our fingers and hope that, you know, it would all work out. And one of the ways that we dealt with our unpredictable finances was to just remortgage over and over again. And we could do that because we were living in Sydney, we're living in the eastern suburbs, the value of our property kept going up. We just thought, oh, well, we can just tap into the equity until we couldn't any longer because the serviceability wasn't there. You know, we just didn't have the income that the banks, you know, just just stopped basically. So we were at this really embarrassing point in our lives when my husband was working full time. I I had two little kids under three. I wasn't working a whole lot. Income had come down and also, you know, we had nappy brain and, you know, we just really weren't thinking about money that much. I remember going to the accountant at the time and him saying to us, right, so you've got this, you know, X amount mortgage and you're doing it on half an income and how's that working out for you? My husband at the time was just mortified by that, you know, trying to be the good breadwinner. But it was kind of like the kick in the butt that we really needed to think, really think this through and work out a better way. And so up until that point, I just sort of thought, oh, it's just in the too hard basket. Like, how, how do you do it? And so I, it kind of like put me on this quest to figure out a way that we could manage our finances and not ever be in this situation again. We were in the position where either we had to sell our place or I had to go and get a full-time corporate job working probably 50, 60 hours a week with two little babies, which really wasn't, that just wasn't an option. So we decided to sell, but I just knew that if we didn't handle this bit, we would just end up in the same position again. So I tried lots of things. I tried the traditional Excel spreadsheets. I tried, you know, I gave my husband a little journal and said, here, you write down every little thing, every little paper clip, every coffee that you spend money on. And he rolled his eyes, but he did it. God love him. And he, we did it for, you know, probably eight months to a year or something like that. And it all helped, you know, I tried, I read lots of different books about budgeting. It all helped, but it never really helped us answer this million dollar question, which I always had, which was, okay, so I know what I've spent now. I know past tense, this is what we're spending, but how do I project forwards and know that everything's covered? How do I know that all those predictable regular expenses are covered, the unpredictable expenses are covered and all those long-term replacement costs things like, you know, when you've got to get your fridge replaced or your hot water system or your car tires, car battery, driver's licenses, you know, they all, none of them fit neatly into a one-year budget or a month budget. They're all like, you know, 10-year cycles, five-year cycles, but there is a predictability about those long-term expenses. I just was like, well, how, how do I know? How do I know that I'm going to have enough money to cover all of those things and know what the gap is between 
what I've got to cover for all those things, but what I actually want to do with my life. You know, we wanted to buy again. We wanted to educate our kids. We wanted to travel. And I just didn't know how to figure it out and not have to worry about it all the time. I was just constantly sort of, it was interesting because both Rick and I were very different kind of money personalities. He was definitely like, live for today, go and have that thing, you know, go shopping, let's go, let's go out. And I was just like, you know, going grey at 30 because... Well, there's so much anxiety about it, isn't there, Anthony? I couldn't even go out to dinner without just having a panic attack about what we were spending. Anyway, so we tried lots of things and then this program that we take people through today came along around, yeah, probably about 11 years ago. And it's actually very different to a budget. So we, we, we call it a spending plan because what we do is we start with your expenses. Because if you don't know what all of your expenses are, including all of those things that I talked about, the long-term replacement costs, all, all that kind of stuff, it, you really have no idea how much income you need to be bringing in. So we always start with expenses, then we apply income to that. And we actually use this really amazing forward-looking software that allows you to know on any given day through the next year, even really through the next 10 years, if you want to look that far ahead, although I would say that's probably a little bit too far ahead. But let's say, you know, in the next year, you can, you can tell that, you need to have X amount of money in the bank on such and such a day. So I can look at my spending plan and I can go, oh, okay, on August the 5th, I need to have $3,000 in my account. And it all kind of does all the number crunching and then it just works out what that baseline is that you need to have at the start. And then, you know, you, you basically program in all the dates of all, all your income and expenses and it just sort of does all of that so yeah so we started using this program and then I would say really within the first couple of years we'd managed to pay off about 50 grand off our new mortgage we'd bought a couple of investment properties and those things were great but the best thing was that I just always knew that we had the money to cover everything and I didn't have to I didn't have to think about it I didn't have to keep copious notes of things that I spent I just did all that work up front and then all I had to do is follow the plan. And relax. And, and your relax. anxiety just dissipated. Yeah. And, and really interestingly, what happened was Rick and I started to meet more in the middle. So he became more conservative and more, you know, because he could see, what you know, that this was the plan and this was how we were going to make it work. And if he kind of deviated too much from that, that it wasn't going to look good. And I could relax because I could see, oh, okay, we actually have, you know, a hundred bucks. We can go out to dinner tonight and that's all good. And I can just enjoy that. So really interesting kind of dynamic. So I often work with couples who have a similar thing going on mm -hmm. and they all experience the same thing. It's, it's nice to be able to let go of the subjective, you know, I want to do this and, you know, the value-based budgeting use a tool that is completely separate to you that's non-judgmental that is just this is what the picture is it's a bit like gps's i suppose like I, I always used to joke with my husband when he when he first got a gps i was like oh my god another bit of technology that we don't need and then i realized after about six months that we weren't having arguments in the car anymore about where we were going 
<laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It's like a GPS for your finances. Yeah. That you just as long as you check in, you know, you're on you're on the coordinates and you'll get where you want to go. That's really interesting. So really it's a piece of software to age a relationship because 50% of marriages are ending in divorce. And after speaking to you for a few minutes, I feel a bit like that might reduce because people, as you say, you kind of understand better their money personalities and what's necessary. So they're no longer just winging it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're kind of taking all that stuff that's in your head, bobbling around and putting it in an external system that, so, so the software is one part of it. Another part of it is, is actually designing your, the structure of your bank account. So you build those fences around your money and you've got, you know, you're quarantining money for the predictable things and then you're limiting money for the more discretionary or, you know, other things. That's also really important and I'll talk a bit more about that later. I think that's correct though. How many people have booked a, a holiday overseas, committed to ten or $20,000 to do that only to find that their car claps out the next week and they need a new car or something, you know, and it's all could have been resolved through some planning. Absolutely. And cars are another one of those things that we just sort of hope we'll have the money or we just think, oh, we'll just get a loan, you know, mm-hmm. rather than actually thinking, well, perhaps I don't need to get a loan. Perhaps I could personally finance most of this car or all of this car by planning it in advance. And I think as well, uh, we've just gone through obviously COVID and, you know, I think that the world has changed a little bit where people might have previously thought, listen, you know, it's easy to draw down on my equity in my home or it's easy to get a loan to buy a car or it's easy to get money. Accessing money isn't easy right now. And, you know, I think there's been a big change of that. And even, you know, many, many of my clients who are in business for themselves and doing very well, uh, you know, and have the financials to to show it, you know, their business is shut down. So, you know, that that's a huge change up in their finances for the year. And so, you know, that's obviously going to reflect down the line if they want to borrow money at any point. Mm. for any purpose and so the world has changed a little bit recently and people do need to really rethink so for me I think getting the fundamentals right is always so important and it sounds like that's a great program so tell me about the book you've recently written Anthea I know it's yet to be published but the working title is Cash Flow Perfect a small business owner's guide to taking control of your finances yeah, so yes, it's not published yet. I've still got one more draft to do and then it will be ready, ready to go. But essentially, yeah, it's for it's for small business owners particularly. We work with all sorts of people. You know, we work with a lot of, um, I mean, basically anyone who's earning good money, whether they're in a job or they're in a business. But I just have a particular, you know, people who are in business, I think struggle with this stuff even more so than, you know, people who are on a wage. Well, often they're experts in their field, aren't they? They're, they're, they're you're a great builder or a great chippy or a great plumber or yeah. a great car repairer or whatever it is, or great salesperson, you know, whatever, whatever their business is, but they're not necessarily an expert in accounting or bookkeeping or yeah that's right and we outsource those things and there's this interesting sort of perception that oh I should be able to manage my own finances I should be able to have that stuff sorted and I think that's where people feel 
like there's something wrong with them that they haven't got their finances sorted and the, the truth is none of us are ever taught this stuff so that's what we do we really help people give them a system that they can use for life that is customized to their particular situation so it's customized to the flow of money in and the nature of the expenses often people's expenses are not that dissimilar you know like they might be spending a bit more on clothing or a bit more on their car or whatever but the frequency like that's all reasonably similar it's the cash flow in you know because if you think about it some people get paid monthly some people get paid weekly some people get paid two weekly some people are commission and they're like this you know so once you've kind of worked out all of the expenses then we work out what is the best way of reflecting that income and how, and how to make it all balanced that's what we guide people through a process of being able to customize it for their life their goals everything about them and then then they've got a system that they can use for life mm. basically so um Generally, what we do is work with people over a, a period of time, like six months is usually the minimum. And then and that is a really good amount of time to get people really solid with the concepts, with the system, and then they can just keep going, you know. I don't believe that anyone needs to be tied to us forever, but I do believe in, you know, just investing in a solid education to start with and then you can just keep going. I think you can then fly with your investing, you know, move exactly. on to the next phase. Once yeah. you have that financial discipline, right, move on to the next stage, which is probably consult with someone like me and move forward from there to develop, you know, what yeah. am I going to do once, yeah. I, you know, what am yeah. I going to do with those investable assets now? Exactly. Yeah. So just coming, because you asked me about the book and oh, I just yes. completely went off on a tangent then. Just kind of, I mean, in the book, it's actually very comprehensive. I, I wrote it so that people could actually work through that and, and not ever have to come to us if they, like it really, I wrote it to be a standalone piece so that business owner can pick it up and they can learn heaps from it and, you know, they can contact us if they want a bit more, but, you know, they can just take it and run with it. But there's some really good case studies in there of some people that we've worked with. And, and one of them, she actually helps people with business cash flow specifically. So she only does business cash flow, but her personal finances, when she came to, to me, she said, you know, I am, hate to say it, the plumber with the leaky taps. I'm really we're really in a bad way. We've got credit card debt. We've got all this stuff. And you know what? It's really affecting the way that I relate to my clients because I feel so embarrassed that I haven't got this part sorted in my personal life. So I feel like a kind of like a fraud, even though she's not teaching personal finance. So she's really just about the business and she's amazing at it. But she just sort of felt like it wasn't, you know, she wasn't in integrity or something like that. And part of it was just really kind of no structure, just basically paying. And often this is the trap that people in business get into is they have a business credit card and they pay for everything off the business credit card because they're getting points and all that sort of stuff. Now, that is fine to do that, but only if, you have a really, really clear system in place for managing that. 
otherwise it can get totally out of hand. So there's actually a way that you can still have separate bank accounts and still have that control and that nice quarantining of funds for certain things and restricting and still use your credit card. But without that, it's, you know, people get into a lot of trouble. Once you've got a handle on your ongoing expenses, then you can see what the gap is. Clearly, you'll be able to see, oh, okay, I can see I've got, you know, $200 a week surplus each week over and above everything. And so then you can go, oh, okay, well, I can use that $200 a week to now pay down this credit card. And so that level of clarity means that people can pay down debt so much quicker than when they're just not really sure and, you know, oh, I, I don't know if I want to, if, if I pay down the debt, that means maybe I'll be left short somewhere else and they're, you know, they're just feeling like they haven't got the control basically. Basically, they're juggling. <laughs> juggling, exactly. Just like pushing money around. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's another term. I think my, my mother used to say that. Um, but, so is that the biggest mistake you see people making over and over, that they're always, you know, juggling the money, you know? Yeah, I would, I would say the winging it. I mean, that's kind of like an overarching, you know, fault. And it's exactly what we were doing and it's what most people are doing, you know, just really no idea. It's usually all happening out of one account or maybe a couple of maybe like two accounts or the other extreme where they've got 50 million accounts everywhere and they've got this one for this and, you know, it's just so complicated and because they ha they've got tiny bits of money in each of them, often the accounts will bottom out and they won't have enough money to pay the bills and it's just all a big mess. So we really try and streamline it. So, you know, basically for personal finances, really all you need are four accounts. You need a regular predictable bills account for anything with a date or an amount of money attached to it. So everything from electricity, mortgage payments, rent payments, birthdays, Christmas, because they're very predictable. You know, Christmas happens same time every year, surprise, surprise, you know, and we know roughly how much we want to budget for it. Birthdays happen same time every year for every single person. So all of those things, anything that has a date, it goes in the bills account. Anything that doesn't have a date and is unpredictable, we, we call it like a more of a rubbery kind of expense, like things like you know, going to the chemist every now and then or visiting the doctor if it's not a regular appointment that you have. Clothing is pretty rubbery. Anything like that, that where you know over the course of a year I'm going to need, you know, we, we generally spend about $1,500 on clothes or 2000 or 1000 or whatever it is for you or, you know, this amount on medical, then you can kind of work out okay, well, if it's 1500 then I need to be transferring into a separate account, maybe dividing that amount up by either 26 or 52, like a weekly, weekly transfer or, or whatever. Um, so, but all of those things can go in the same account. There can be just one transfer, regular transfer into that account so that you know You've got the money there when you want to buy clothes. It's building up in that account. The third account is weekly expenses. So this is 
your food, your fuel, little bit of fun, little bit of incidentals. So groceries, fuel, maybe, you know, if it's always your habit to have two or three coffees a week or going out for pizza on a Friday night is your thing that you do with your family every single week, that's predictable weekly, right? So we work out how much is it that you need for a week for all of those things, set up a regular transfer into that account so that you use that money and when it runs out, you're staying home eating baked beans. You know, you've got this really nice and it's not, it doesn't feel restrictive because you ha, you're the one that set the amount of money and you can always increase it if it's really too, too constrictive. But it just gets you into this nice holding pattern where if you if you're you just can't overspend basically. You know, if if there's a day to go and the money hasn't come in yet, well, you know, you're just gonna be a bit just try and be frugal and eat out of the pantry for twenty-four hours until the money comes in. And you just get into a rhythm with that. And then the fourth account is your emergency fund. You know, it's, that's, that's the account that you need to have a certain amount of money building up so that you never, ever have to use a credit card again if you don't want to. That money is there for, you know, if, if someone dies, you've got to fly somewhere, if you can't work for a period, so people have got that. So really, as long as you've got those four accounts, you don't need a million other accounts. Mm-hmm. You just need the basics basically. So from a financial planning point of view, I believe that, you know, many people are missing out on the basics of money because, you know, money habits or good money habits really do start as a, as a kid and, you know, within the family and within the household. So if mum and dad are, you know, managing their money, then the kids hear and see and feel that. Because we've moved more to a cashless society as well, I've spoken about this many times, it's tap and go, tap and go, and we're not necessarily sitting around the dinner table. You know, everyone seems to be time poor. We probably don't do that anymore. I, you know, I, I typically recommend that the family CFO, I like to call it, you know, is the one that presents to the family or the household, you know, where we're at with our money every month. But those sorts of things do lead to financial discipline. Do you, do you think that's the case? And do you see that as a result of, you know, that lack of conversation within the household and and so on? Absolutely. If there's no, I think what I see most of all is if the parents have no clear plan then how do they know whether or not, you know, when they're at the supermarket or at the shops and, you know, little Billy's saying, can I have that? How do they know clearly whether or not they can actually afford that thing or not? And if you're making that decision at the shops, you know, you're just a goner because pester power is way bigger than you if you have no clear plan I love that pester power pester power (laughs) and and the thing is that then the kids are making the decisions for you about your finances so Mm. they're learning oh I can just have whatever I want whenever as opposed to if the parents are very clear about what what they can buy when when they can say yes and when they can say no this child gets a very different experience of money, mm. a very much more controlled experience. So I don't necessarily believe, like one of the questions I think you had in the notes was at what age should you start talking with money with kids? 
I mean, I just, I think probably pocket money, you know, it's good for, to give kids some money so they can have a sense of agency about what they do with it so they can learn choice and, you know, how to make it stretch and what they value and all that sort of stuff's really important. But what they're going to learn most of all is the role modelling that the parents are showing. So in those everyday decisions about what they buy and what they don't, if you have a controlled sense of, you know, we can afford this, no, we can't now, you know, oh, I, I, I know you really want that. We can't afford it right now, but we will be able to afford it in two months' time, you know. It teaches delayed gratification. It teaches all these really wonderful things that are just going to equip kids all the way through their life. I think it does set them up to understand what boundaries are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So is it ever too late to get a grasp on your finances and how do you suggest people start or is it just get started? Definitely get started as soon as you can because you know as well as I do the whole um, compounding thing. So whether it's compounding in reverse with debt or comp compounding forwards with investments or super or whatever, so the sooner that you can start um, the better. But I mean, we've worked with, I think the oldest person I've worked with was in her early 80s. And the youngest was probably 19. You know, like I think when you when you get a job, and you're managing more complex finances, that's really the t it's usually that's when you're more motivated, you know, usually younger than that, you know, kids don't well, not, not all kids. Some kids are very, you know, they're really saving early and they're, they're quite controlled. But I think when people are motivated and they've got a goal, that's really a good time to learn because you'll stick to it much more. But, you know, I'm thinking about the oldest lady that I worked with the, um, who's in her 80s. She came to me after going to a debt negotiator. She had a huge amount of debt and the debt negotiator basically had it all written off. This is a, a really incredible story for people who do have an awful lot of debt. It really is worth talking to someone who can help you with that stuff. That's not something that we specialise in at all, but we do refer to a couple of other people who help with that stuff. And it can be life-changing. But so once she'd done that, once she'd had all this debt written off, you know, she's living on a pension. She was living in a two-bedroom apartment. She had a flatmate. She was doing some celebrant work. But she was still in this habit of using afterpay to, you know, get through. When we taught her our system and she could see it all clearly, she could see those habit patterns that had got her into that position in the first place. And so she's in a really different space now where she's in control of it she knows how much how many celebrant jobs she needs to do each week in order to you know keep a bit of a gap she's very clear on all of that stuff and so no it's never ever too old I don't think and it can always make a difference at any any stage in life. Yeah. That's great. So turning now to personal money, you've got a young family. Do you have a financial plan and did you build it yourself or get some professional help? How did you go about it, Anthea? We do. We've had a couple of people that we've seen over the years and it's sort of been a combination of the advice that we've gotten and also our own research, our own education. So we've done a lot of teaching ourselves 
um, you know, about share investing and property and, you know, having a mix and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's really, really important even when you see a financial planner to have, first of all, to have a really good handle on your finances, on your, your the budgeting side, because if you don't, you won't know exactly how much you have to invest. And that's really important. But also just to educate yourself on why it's important to have a broad cross-section of investments. I think it's really important to read as widely as possible. I think probably too many people just sort of hand it over completely and, you know, and I guess this is where we see people running into trouble because they're sort of, you know, hiring some property development company to give them a property financial plan and that may not be the answer. Well, it might not meet their overarching goals. So, you know, when I'm working with people, the important thing is to make sure that their their goals and aspirations and objectives are matched together with their ideas and, you know, what what can be their reality and finding the right mix of investments and so on. It's so important. You know, it's I tell people all the time, this isn't my plan for you. I'm just here to guide and direct and help you make informed decisions. But basically it's your plan for yourself. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Mm, you need yeah. to understand what's realistic. And, you know, if, if there's any gaps in your knowledge, we need to fill those up because you shouldn't be making decisions about investments you don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. So what's a couple of questions that you had about money when you were starting out in your career and have those questions changed over time? Yeah, I was thinking about this one. When I first started out, my question was, how much do I have left on my credit card so I can uh, buy that thing that I want? That was literally the question that I had. But they were all sort of around knee-jerk, live-in-the-moment kind of, you know, can I do it now sort of thing. And they've definitely changed massively over the years, I think, as, you know, your responsibilities. As they're very much more about what do I value and how can I make my money reflect or work for those values you know and everyone has different values and I think values is the perfect place to start when you're thinking about your goals I mean for me I have a very high security value you know I really need to know that I've got the money to cover everything that I'm going to be okay in retirement that we're going to have enough I don't I don't have a value huge value of I need to travel to every country in the world. That's just not not me. But many of the clients we work with do have that. You know, I remember one woman who had, she's a single mom and she'd finished raising her kids and so she no longer really had the, she had a base level of security anyway, but what was so important to her at that point in her life was I need to travel now because I've put my life on hold for my daughter for X amount of years and now I need to express that. So we put that in the plan. That was very much the expression of her her spending plan. So everyone's is different, but I think it's really important to work out what, what it is, what it is that's important for you. And that that's really where my questions are more guided now. Like what do I value and, and what's what's really the quickest way that I can get there without um you know, treading on too many toes and, <laughs> you know, pissing off my partner basically or whatever. 
All right. So, Sprout Spenders, your first business, and how has that progressed for you from a startup? And you know, what are you working on in the background now, apart from the book? Yeah, no, it's not my first business. So, largely, what we do is we work a lot online. I have a couple of um, we work with clients all around Australia. I have uh, Lance who lives up in Darwin and sees kind of looks after a lot of people in Western Australia and. Darwin and then Amy in Brisbane and then I'm in New South Wales. So we we work with people from wherever and we, we've been doing this work probably for a bit over three years now. And prior to that, I was, I, I've always had an education background. So, you know, I've worked previously as a high school teacher and I, I've had a online education business in a different field. But this is, this has been the one where I found people really need this kind of support and so it's it's I guess the one that's really taken off I suppose right from the word go so in the background what am I working well well we've actually just up until now really up until the last couple of months we've really been working with people one-on-one in a coaching mentoring role I suppose so the program we have is a combination of education teaching people the right bank account structure about all the different types of expenses the whole kind of system the mentoring part that one-on-one support to actually get people from a to b and the software so those three things we've just um, created a, a more of a diy version where people can take we've created an online portal where people can take all the all the teaching all the video instruction all the cheat sheets and the checklists and everything like that and they can put themselves through our program on their own if there are like i i would say that this is really for someone who is super motivated you know they're they're that kind of disciplined person who knows that they'll run with something like that so there are there are kind of two types of people. One, you know, they really like that hand-holding. They really like that mentoring support. And one just likes to get in there and kind of do it. So, so we've, we've created that, which, is, which has been great and, and launched that recently. And that was really successful. And, yeah, so I think the book's probably the next thing now that I've done that. Andy, you've talked a lot today about the program, the Bright Spenders program. What are your top three tips for our listeners today to get control of their money and really set themselves up for their future? I would say definitely get a handle on all of your expenses. We've got a resource actually. I'll give you a link to it and it's just a free, completely free download. You don't need to put your email in or anything like that. You can just have it. Um, it's it's basically a six-page checklist of everything that you could possibly ever spend money on. And it's one of the first things we get people to do is to work through that. And there are a lot of those things that you could probably put a line through. You know, if you don't have a pool, you're not going to worry about pool cleaning. And, you know, there are things that won't apply to every single person. But it will be a great memory jog and give you that clarity to make sure that you've got everything covered. So that would be the first thing. The second thing I would say is get that bank account structure happening. You know, the four accounts that I talked about, really, really important. So, you know, that, that's, um, that's not a difficult thing to do, but it's just about having that clarity about what those accounts are for 
you know, and, and working out, you know, what the transfers between them are so that you can just automate it. Yeah. You don't want to have to be thinking about transferring money everywhere. You want to just set it up from the start and it just happens every single week. And that's something that people, our listeners could do this afternoon. You can do it online with your bank yeah. and get it all sorted and get your money on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, autopilot, super important. I would say get together with your partner if you have one and actually work out what are your values because if your values are not aligned then it's going to be very difficult to stick to any kind of spending plan or budget it's really important if you have a partner to get clear about what those are and make sure that those values are embedded in the plan in whatever spending plan you create so that you can have that harmony in your relationship that is just a super important piece and if you're single then just spend that time thinking about your values anyway you know I know that there's heaps of single women we work with a lot of single women as well and I would say this is you know it's a bit of a pet passion of mine to help women with their finances because I know so many women are behind the eight ball. I know you work with a lot of women, Janine, um, and I really believe women need a bit of a, an extra bit of TLC, an extra leg up in this area. So I would say to you if you're single to get really clear about what your values are and, you know, thinking about that roadmap forwards, you know, often the people that you're working with will be, you know, getting later in their years, I suppose, getting closer to retirement. Often the people that we work with are in their mid 40s, you know, they're looking at the next 10, 15 years, 20 years, which is a critical time to be really learning this stuff and managing it well. Yeah, that's three things. So I went on a bit there. <laughs> that's all right. So, yeah, many of my women clients are 40 to 55-year-old mm -hmm. and certainly, you know, it can be quite a lot harder if you're, if you're single and things go wrong. So really focusing in on, on your values but also, you know, how you've organised your money and if you've got a structure there that can support you if things go wrong. Certainly a lot of women during COVID would have, you know, lost their employment. Uh, you know, it's going to be a hard road back from where we are. And so just making sure that you've got all that established so you, you know, you don't go into panic mode if something goes wrong, that you really can just go back to the plan and say, okay, you know, what do I, what do I have to do? Where do I need to make some changes? How can I move yeah. forward? So listen, um, thank you, Anthea. Where can we find you online? I've got a Facebook page, Bright Spenders Facebook page. I'm on LinkedIn, well, on Twitter, but not really, don't really use Twitter and not really on Instagram so much just trying to limit my social media a little bit. So your website, Anthea, was brightspenders.com.au. Thanks again, Anthea, for joining us today and thanks to our listeners as well. If you'd like more information about me, Janine Wilson and Finesse Financial Advisors, you can find us at um, finesseadvisors.com and we have a gift for you today. It's a $150 gift voucher that can be redeemed on a discovery session. Send us an email to admin at Finesse Advisors with gift voucher in the header and we'll shoot that straight back to you. Thank you, Anthea. Bye for now. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money. Join me, Janine Wilson, next time for Finesse Your Money. Meantime, head to my website, www.finesseadvisors.com or 
Email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at $150. Make sure you put gift voucher in the headline.